Welcome to the Helping Couples Heal podcast, a place for healing and hope for couples impacted by betrayal resulting from infidelity and or sex addiction. Your hosts are Marnie Brinker and Dwayne Osterland, licensed marriage and family therapists, certified sex addiction therapists, and founders of respective treatment centers in Long Beach, Los Angeles, and San Diego, California. Marnie and Dwayne co-created Helping Couples Heal, a comprehensive program for couples recovering from betrayal trauma, including an in-person two-day workshop, an online aftercare program, and this podcast series is the first component of the program. Thank you for listening. Marnie and Dwayne are committed to helping you recover from the devastating impact of betrayal trauma and are honored to support you wherever you may be in your healing. If you've lost hope, you've come to the right place. Now, take a slow, deep breath, and let's begin with the Helping Couples Heal podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Helping Couples Heal podcast. We're excited that you're listening, and I think we have a very important topic to talk about today. We're going to talk about transparency. So we're honored that you're here today, and this is such an important topic. Transparency, in many ways, is the foundation for helping a relationship heal. Absolutely. And I saw a quote not too long ago that said, secrecy was the problem. Transparency is the obvious cure. And I thought to myself, wow, that really sums up the importance of transparency in a relationship, particularly that was traumatized by betrayal. Absolutely. When couples come into our offices to get support, one of the first things that we're going to be asking for is creating that transparency. What does that look like? And a lot of times because the person who's done the betrayal has had a lot of secrecy. They're used to living in secrecy. They are used to living maybe a double life. And the idea of being fully open can almost seem overwhelming, but it's really going to be the only way you're going to repair if you want to fix the relationship, if you want to heal the relationship. Yeah. And I would take it a step further and say that it is likely not just overwhelming, but can feel controlling. Like for the person who's done the betrayal, if their partner who's been hurt by what they have done, by all that secrecy, is now saying, I need proof of your fidelity. I need proof. You have to show me if I want to see your phone or I want to see your email or I want to see your credit card statement. The person who's done the betrayal often feels controlled or that's not okay. Like you don't have the right. And the reality is that they do have the right. If you want the relationship to heal, as you said before, Dwayne, yes, then the partner does have the right. It's a choice. The one who's done the betrayal can say, no, I'm not comfortable with this. But likely that would mean then that the partner is not going to be comfortable in staying in the relationship. Absolutely. And so the person who's been betrayed, their reality has been completely shattered. They have no basis to take the risk to be in the relationship. So they need all of that information. So a lot of times when someone who's done the betrayal comes in and goes, why does the person have to have my phone? Why do they have to look at that? Why do they have to see that? Why do they have to have access to all my emails? And why do they have access to all my texts? It's because they can't trust the reality of the situation. That's been taken away. Yeah, they actually have no reason to trust at this point. I would say that if this is going on in 20 years from now or in 10 years from now, 
that if a partner 10 years out from discovery and there's sexual sobriety and the relationship has been healed and is doing really well, 10 years later, there might be some trigger that's so significant that a partner may at that point ask, I want to see your phone. And I don't think that's inappropriate. However, if that's going on on an ongoing basis in 5, 10, 15 years from now, then yes, that's a problem. And I don't know how a couple could survive living in that kind of a dynamic. But at the early stages and before trust has really been restored and rebuilt, one of the ways to rebuild and restore trust would be when the partner who's done the betrayal is fully transparent and says to their partner, yes, I'm, I'm not hiding anything and I so, so much want to prove to you that you can trust me and that I'm being honest. So yes, anything you need to see, I'm going to show you because that's really the only way that the partner over time will be able to trust again, like seeing that full transparency. What's the message that a partner gets when her partner who's betrayed her says, yes, I know I have done all of this stuff. I've, I've had this double life. I've had this secret sexual basement. I've betrayed you for years, but I'm not willing to show you, I'm not willing to show you in real time that I'm not doing that anymore. I'm not willing to give you what you're saying you need in order to try to rebuild trust. And one of the hallmarks of a secure functioning relationship is full transparency. It's how you know another person. And so in secure relationships, you're not worried about your phone. You're not worried about where you are. You're not worried about anything. And so everything is naturally transparent. Everything is naturally flowing to each other. And that's a hallmark of a strong relationship. So there's, there's that part of it. But I think in repair, when you've had that betrayal, there has to be a huge effort on the person who's done the betrayal to offer so much transparency that you wouldn't necessarily see the need for that in a secure functioning relationship that doesn't have betrayal in it. So that means if your partner needs to see your emails, you allow that to happen. If mm -hmm. your partner needs to see your location, you allow that to happen. You give them that if you want to repair. Something I want to say also is that I've never met a partner and I've worked with so many partners as you have over the course of the last decade or so. I've never met a partner who was happy about or felt good about the fact that they were asking their partner to show them their email or phone records or what, whatever it is that they were needing to see. They said, you know, before this, I never would have asked to see that stuff. I trusted implicitly. I'm not, I'm not a jealous person. I am not, you know, I don't, I don't want that responsibility. I don't want to be a policeman. I don't want to feel like a detective. I'm, I'm not a parent. I don't want to be a parent to my partner. So for them, there's often so much grief about the fact that they feel now that in order to stay in a relationship with the person they love, they do need to require proof of fidelity. So maybe that's an opportunity for those who've betrayed their partner to have a little bit of empathy rather than anger and defensiveness around those sort of requirements or really for the need for full transparency. And I was thinking as you were talking about another part of this transparency, there's one level where there's that physical transparency, like your location, emails, your phone, where you're at. But then there's also, I would call it like 
mental transparency where the partner needs to also know where you are at in your own healing, in your own healing of the relationship. So if you're in recovery for compulsive sexual behavior, you're sharing what you're doing. You're sharing where you're at. I think there is a balance of being able to have privacy with your own individual therapist to be able to process what thoughts are important to you and what thoughts are not to be able to work out all of those issues. But besides that, there's also this mental transparency that has to happen to protect the partner because the partner doesn't know where you're at. I would say mental, emotional, and even spiritual. Just share full, vulnerable transparency because the other thing is partners often have to struggle with the fact that the a lot of the betrayal also happened inside of their partner's mind, like with so much fantasy and objectification and thoughts. And so for them, even when they know that maybe their partner's no longer acting out, they feel like there's proof of that. They're not scared that the acting out behavior is still going on, but they are afraid about what's going on in their partner's mind. And And while we all as human beings have the right to privacy in terms of our own thoughts and even our feelings. We have to look at the necessity for someone who's betrayed their partner in sharing appropriately of themselves, sharing vulnerably, being able to share their struggles, being able to share their victories. And again, for the betraying partner, there's definitely that need for them to work out, like you said, with their therapist or with trusted others. What is okay to keep private? What is it? What is okay to not have to share? And learning, part of this recovery process for couples, it's like learning what is necessary to give, whether that, like you said, is a physical proof, like of location, or an emotional truth about how they're doing in their life, in their recovery, in their mental health. Because a partner, again, needs proof, needs evidence of transparency and needs to understand what's going on in the mind and the heart of their partner. And also what I would say is that for a lot of people who have done the betrayal, they maybe don't have the skills to be able to share interpersonally in that way. They don't know how to do that. They may not have that skill set. This is where something comes in like a recovery couples check-in I think can be so helpful to offer this kind of level of transparency because you can tell your partner where you're at. You can tell your partner what's going on for you. I think partners really appreciate knowing the growth that you are investing into the relationship, that they see that you're working, that it's meaningful to you and that you're willing to do this work and that's also another level of transparency. Definitely. I love using the couples recovery check-in with clients. And I think something that that offers also is it can allow less conversation, intense conversation throughout the week about recovery, sexual betrayal, because for a partner, knowing that there's a plan, because usually the way that the recovery check-in works is that you know when you're going to check in. There's a day whether it's once a week, twice a week, three times a week, but it's planned out. You know when and what time it's going to happen. So for a lot of partners, it allows them sort of the opportunity to not have to constantly ask and constantly bring it up because they know that there's going to be a safe, contained, 
clear, structured plan to discuss these things. I think that helps everyone in the relationship, having that structure, because there's so much intense emotions around all of this stuff. And a lot of times the relationship doesn't have the skills to navigate that intensity. So having that structure, that scaffolding, as we say, is really critical as well. Yeah, and for the betrayer, oftentimes somebody who is engaging in compulsive sexual behavior, secrecy around their sexuality, they don't have the ability. This is what we find with a lot of people that are betraying their partners is they don't really have the ability to identify their emotions. That's often something that we as therapists help these clients with getting more in touch with and in tune with their with themselves and learning how to identify what their feelings are. So what happens oftentimes is when a partner is really activated or triggered and comes at their partner wanting information or with really strong feelings, which makes perfect sense that they want to do that and that they attempt to do that, often they don't get what they need because the other partner is so flooded and overwhelmed emotionally and they can't respond in a way that's meaningful or in a way that's helpful. So knowing that there's going to be specific times for the couple to come together and talk about these things gives the betraying partner the opportunity to, on some level, plan, prepare themselves emotionally to show up in a way that's going to be effective and helpful. I totally agree with that. You have to have that structure because it's just too difficult without it in the beginning. One other point I think is really important to bring up about this topic of transparency is the person who's done the betrayal has to do this with willingness, openness, kindness, and compassion. If they're going to begrudgingly offer transparency, this is not going to heal the relationship. It is so important for that to be there in this process of transparency because if not, then your partner doesn't feel good about it either. You Dwayne, I would take this even one step further and say not only is it not going to be helpful to the partner and to the relationship, but I would say that it would create more of a rupture for the partner and the relationship. Because a partner who is asking for transparency and asking for something that is very reasonable in the aftermath of betrayal, when the other partner, like you said, is gives it begrudgingly or talks for the first 10 minutes about how it's not necessary and it's ridiculous and it's not needed and you're you're violating my privacy and all of these things, that's going to create more rupture. It's not just going to not be helpful. It's going to likely make things worse and make relational healing a lot harder. I think that's a really good point because then the partner is like going, well, aren't you going to do everything in your power to heal this relationship? Yet you don't want to offer me basic transparency. Wait a minute. This, this feels awful. Right. And when that happens over and over again, Eventually, the partner might say, there's no way I can stay and heal this relationship because I am not getting on a consistent basis the things that I need in order to feel safe and in order to rebuild trust. And if trust and safety are the foundation of a relationship, there's no foundation. There's nothing to hold on to. And I also want to say something to those who've betrayed their partners, and this might sound harsh, and that is not my intention. My intention is just to be honest and to speak to reality. And that reality is that as you're listening to Dwayne and I talk today about full transparency and what you're thinking is, no way, 
I'm not going to do that. That's ridiculous. Whatever it is you're thinking that's negative and defensive and resistant, then I would say that your partner should also be saying no way to staying in this relationship or tolerating that level of resistance to helping restore the very necessary foundation of any relationship, trust, safety, security. And like we say in almost every episode, this is all about moving towards secure functioning in a relationship and without providing those things, without giving full transparency, you're not moving towards secure attachment. So how do you then have a healthy relationship? Right. The real healthy relationships are transparent. They're open. Everybody knows what's going on with the other. That is a healthy relationship. And if you're struggling to do that, then you may have to ask yourself, what's going on for me that I don't feel safe here? And then get support if you need to. Right. And we say again in many of our podcast episodes that for both people in the relationship, Doing this work is a choice. You don't have to, for the betraying partner, you don't have to provide full transparency. But then the betraying partner also has a choice. Without full transparency, can I heal from the betrayal? Will I choose to stay in this relationship that doesn't feel safe? Each person always has a choice. But if you're both choosing the relationship, then that requires full transparency. And more so on the part of the one who's betrayed, because most often the partner who's been hurt has offered full transparency. I can't say that in every case that's the case, because I don't, I don't know every partner who's out there in the world. But what we see is that generally most partners who've been betrayed had no problem with full transparency in the relationship. So there's not really a lot of work that needs to happen there for them. But for the person who's betrayed, that's a big deal. That's something that's really new. And truly, again, is just a necessary component of helping a partner heal and start to take the risk of rebuilding the trust and security in the relationship. What I like to say to the person who's done the betrayal is that, look, this is something that you can do that helps the relationship. Offer that transparency in a open, loving way. It is really fundamental. And if you're having resistance, process that with your support group. Process that if you have a therapist, process that with your therapist. Process it with other recovery fellows. Why am I so resistant to this? I want a full, healthy relationship. Part of a relationship is having transparency and being open with your partner. What's going on? Maybe there's fear. Maybe there's some anxiety. And then also, if you're really unsure, get some professional guidance because there are situations where transparency is not a safe thing to do. I want to put that out there and you have to know where those situations are. So you need to look at your situation and make sure. But if there is resistance, you want to understand why and what's going on and really have a clear view of it if that's an issue for you. I'd like to end this conversation by saying that being fully transparent is what will allow transformation for your partner. And that transformation looks like going from a place of having a shattered world, a completely distorted reality, no trust, no safety, no go-to person anymore, no safety net. That's what happens after betrayal and the transformation can take them to a place of security and safety and inner peace 
and trust and all of those things that you want to give her. And I would also say that if you're saying, here's something that I see a lot. I'll work with men who've betrayed their partner and they will say to me in clear terms, I want to do whatever it takes to save the relationship. But then what I see is them coming back and saying, this is what she's asking for. I'm not doing that. Or this is ridiculous. And I'll say, wait a second, let's slow down. Didn't you say you're going to do whatever it takes? You want to do whatever it takes to help her heal and to help to repair the relationship. And here's very specific, like you said, Dwayne, concrete examples of ways that you can do that. And now you're saying, no, I don't want to do that. So again, it's really important to look at that. What's going on? And there's a real contradiction between your words and actions. And often the betraying partner doesn't even realize that that contradiction is there. And so again, processing this with safe others and professionals can be one of the best ways to look into what's going on for me because I'm actually sabotaging the very thing that I say I want, which is to help my partner heal and to help rebuild our relationship. Yeah. So I think that this topic of transparency is so important. And I do hope that this conversation that you and I are having will be a jumping off point for other couples in talking about this more and in maybe looking at this a little bit differently and just giving couples the opportunity to have more information about what's necessary to heal. Absolutely. So thank you everybody for listening to the Helping Couples Heal podcast. We really hope it is helpful. If you need more support, you can definitely go to helpingcouplesheal.com and we have a lot of different resources there as well. So check that out. We just appreciate everybody listening and, and uh, getting help. And we wish you peace. We know this is hard. That's not even the word. We know this can be excruciating and we're honored that you're giving us an opportunity to support you in some way on this path. Thank you. We do not take that lightly. So take good care, be gentle with yourselves, and we will talk to you soon. Take care, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Helping Couples Heal podcast, where your healing is the number one priority. If you'd like additional resources about betrayal trauma or to learn more about the workshop, please visit helpingcouplesheal.com. If you're finding the podcast helpful, please support Dwayne and Marnie in continuing to reach others impacted by betrayal trauma. If you are finding the podcast helpful, please support Marnie and Dwayne in continuing to reach others impacted by betrayal trauma by leaving a review on iTunes and sharing this podcast with someone you care about. Once again, thank you for listening. We're grateful for your trust and look forward to continuing to support you on your journey of healing.